Daily DVR is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com, the men's accessories marketplace. Cufflinks.com aims to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each day. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. 2020, baby. It's a new year, and every month, Cufflinks has new amazing products, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Disney, all that great stuff, or the sports stuff, NCAA, NBA, NFL, or, of course, the classic wearable art, the amazing high-quality Hook and Albert Oxen Bull, and, of course, their own Cufflinks.com brand. We encourage you to elevate your look when you get dressed in the morning. It helps to make you feel more confident and create your individual style. Go to Cufflinks.com DVR today. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does the Oscars. Today, myself and my co-host, Andy, are going to take a walk down the red carpet. We've got a fun-filled show for you. We want to just give a shout-out to Heath Solo. He was supposed to join us today, but he had a little bit of a scheduling conflict. He's with us in spirit, and he also sent an email with his top 10 list, as well as some of his picks for this Oscar-filled Festivus we're having today. But first, let me say hello to, of course, the person who is here, who deemed this important enough to show up. That's right. <laughs> it's Ando Calrissian. What's up, Andy? Oh, not much. It's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm bummed that Heath, Heath wasn't able to show up today, but uh, I think we're going to have a good show. Yes, I know. He's the man. I know he wanted to be with us, and I know oh, he was, like, watching movies in preparation, too. Well, and I, I had a big joke all ready to go where I was it was going to be the scene from The Irishman, and I was uh, Stephen Graham, and you guys were Pacino and De Niro at the resort. And <laughs> just me, me trying to hold my own against a couple of heavyweights. But I can't, I can't use it now, so hopefully Heath at least gets a chuckle out of that when he uh, listens. Well, maybe we'll have to act that out next time. It's been a while <laughs> oh. since we did that. Remember for Game of Thrones, we were acting oh, out? God. Yes, I do. I completely forgot about that. That was yeah. fun. Oh, man. Well, we're going to have a good time. Um, Today, we're going to kind of just go category by category, talk about who we think should win, who's favorite, who we think might surprise, what what, uh, acting or directing or whatever category, what we enjoyed about it, maybe even some people we thought should be nominated. You know, we might jump around a little bit, but generally we're just going to try to prime the old pump for the Oscars and kind of hit the major categories. Um, And also, I just, you know, what I want to start out with, Andy, is just talking about what did you think about this year in movies and what were you thinking going into the Oscars? Because I know both of us always enjoy watching this spectacle and uh, you always, though, each year is different and it has a different kind of vibe. What is your, what's your vibe for the Oscars this year? Well, I think my first thing isn't even so much about the movies themselves. It's more that, because like this is the first year in a long time, basically since I, before I've been married, where I've been able to actually see a large chunk of the movies and are they actually available to see? Yeah. I mean, I, there's there's been so many years where they release everything at the end of December or 
In my case, I'm from a tiny town where, like, if I wanted to go see Parasite, I would have to drive two hours to Minneapolis to go see it. Where now things with so much stuff on streaming, on Netflix, on Hulu, on all these other networks, they are actually out. And you can actually see things before the, the before the Oscars come out. So I'm just I'm super excited about that because like last year, the year before, I wouldn't have even been able to be on this show because I, a lot of times I don't have a chance to even see things until they're on digital or on Blu-ray months after the show. So yeah. it's kind of selfish on my part, but I'm glad because I mean I cho- I choose to live here, so it's not <laughs> it's my, my fault mainly. But that's my my favorite thing about this year is that the ease of seeing the nominees are actually much higher than they have been in a long, long time. So I love that. Yeah, it does seem that each year it gets easier and easier and they, you know, things are available. And, you know, I mean, I think I say it every year we talk about the Oscars is I don't get why everything's not available like a month before. Like I would just put things out on DVD. They're going to make – I mean, I guess, you know, it has to do with they have to plan it out in advance and there's a marketing schedule and there's ad buys and all this kind of stuff. I understand that. But it just seems to me that you've got the date. Put the stuff out, you know? Yeah, because I know there's like two or three of them, like two two or three of the two of the nominees that I couldn't see this year were Ford versus Ferrari and Jojo Rabbit. And those both, I mean, Ford versus Ferrari, I could have seen in the theaters, but I think it was out while I was in Harvest, so I didn't have time to do that. But Jojo Rabbit and uh, and uh, Ford versus Ferrari come out like in two weeks on disc instead of. I wish they would just move those so they before the. They know the Oscars way ahead of time. A yeah. two or three week wouldn't have mattered there, I don't think. But so what is? They, and I think Little Women is still in theaters, right? Yeah, it is. Okay. That yeah, I think that one in nineteen seventeen might be the only. T- Two that are still in theaters, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah, you're right. Joker is available. 1917 is in theaters. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has been available for a while. Irishman and Marriage Story are Netflix. And Parasite is available. So, yeah, Ford versus Ferrari, uh, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, 1917 are the things that were are not yet available for yeah. rental but i think you can can you buy ford versus ferrari yeah you can bu- yeah, you can buy the digital copy of it okay you can't so you still can't even buy the disc yet and so you you have to pay pay like the 20 bucks yep. for the digital copy of it which i could have done that but i wasn't i want to see that movie because well we can talk about it in a little bit but that's yeah i know you have to spend 20 bucks or so to get it now yeah that's important you know i mean i think that as time goes on you know, this seems to me that it's the same kind of thing as television realizing that people want to watch things during the holiday. And now you see streaming has picked up on that. And it just yeah. I think there, there's going to come a time very quickly. Heck, it might even just be next year where we're like, oh, everything was available, you know, and because this is just kind of it gets people into films and with the way that they're doing re-releases now and how films really are an event thing, right? You go to the yeah. movies. Yep. So I don't really see what the problem would be is to have it. Guess what? Ford versus Ferrari. It's now, you know, two weeks before the Oscars, they make a big deal. See it before the Oscars, you know? And then everybody yeah. would be, you know, for a special on i on iTunes or Apple Movies or whatever the hell it's called now. <laughs> um, yeah. 
that would be a good idea. Little women, right? Like they kind of give it a little bit of a push and then say, then pull it and say only available in theaters. Why the hell not? Yeah. It's, it, it's surprising that they don't, but no. I don't know. It's, I, it's, yeah, I know there's other costs involved in that too, but I, I wish they would do more of that kind of stuff. And especially the home viewing stuff, like, and what you said over the holidays, I think besides like some of the big special effects movies like Avengers and Star Wars and things, I think looking back at my list here, I think I watched everything in between like Thanksgiving and this morning. <laughs> I, I watched Toy Story 4 <laughs> this morning because it, it hit Disney Plus today. So I, I literally watched that this morning. So, I, I mean, all in the last two months because I have so much. And part of mine is my schedule. I have more time this time of the year to watch those things. But, but a lot of that was over Christmas break and New Year's break and all that kind of stuff where I could just sit and watch movies. Yeah, well, that's cool. Oh, it did. It got See, that's smart. There you go. Go Disney. You're releasing it before the Oscar, right? Give it a little bit of a push mm-hmm. for people. For, because that's what it's all about, right? Like at this point. I think a lot of times, and I, I, I was reading an article about this, or I listened to a podcast or something, or maybe I invented it in my mind. Those three things are kind of the same. <laughs> but uh, I, I was just, it's like, it doesn't really matter who wins or loses anymore because this event is really to get people interested in films, remind people what's out there. Obviously, there's, there is a money component to it, right? They need, they want to make money, but it also is just kind of gets interest in the industry and what's happening. And this film that was left out or whatever, it's about the conversation. And I think that even though if you release it a couple weeks before, just for people to see, that's not going to get it more votes. They've already, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Academy yeah. has the people have already voted on it. Yeah. And, and they not, all get all the free screeners anyway. Yes. So they're not, they're not making any money on of those people. So. Exactly. So it's just really about the, the kind of get the knowledge out there about movies. And for me, I guess the thing that I have to say about this year is I initially just thought this was a rather sedate and kind of bland list. Um, I mean, yes, it's interesting that Netflix has so many like things that are on here between the two popes, Irishman, marriage story. Um, that's kind of a cool thing, but there was just not a lot of like crazy movies that were in, you know what I mean? Like I thought, you know, recently I watched Midsummer. Um, I, I guess Jojo Rabbit is kind of an out there pick, but I just thought they're uncut gems. There were just some more obscure films that I thought would kind of garner that attention. And I know people might say Parasite, but industry wise, people love that movie, you know? So there was, oh, there was a very big and critically, it was just a crowd pleaser in a way that a kind of uh, a subtitled film, right? Because it's so hard to say what's foreign and not. I'm just going to well, say what makes it different is that it's subtitled, right? Yeah. Well, and they actually, I think they changed the name of foreign to international film this yes. year too. So, but the uh, the one thing I will say about Parasite is, and I'll say a lot more about this later. I think that is one of what you're talking, even though it does have the universal acclaim and all that. It's 
when you watch it, it's normally not a movie they would nominate. I think like okay. I know that the, I know that the like in the last few years they've added a lot of members to try and become more diverse. I think that's a direct result of that. Oh, that's I mean, good. I, cool. I, I I really wish you could have been able to see it because it's yeah. When we get to talking about Parasite, I can expand on my thoughts, but I think Whoa. that would that'll alleviate some of your concerns. I think about the. Because it's it's not like anything else that I've seen that be nominated for an Oscar that I can ever think of. And obviously, I have not had a chance to see it yet. That's one that I really wanted to see. I mean, I guess for me, the reason, the perspective I was, and it's good to hear that that's your perspective on that, because that's the point of like the diversity thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, we're not going to nominate movies that a, an old white guy directed. That's not the point. The point is to get different perspectives and and well, that's what art is about. So you want to see something like uh, Parasite, now that you're describing it in that way, nominated. I just, I guess I felt there would just be more of that kind of stuff and uh, more along the lines of subject matter um, rather than, and kind of style rather than I was kind of talking in like that, like a diversity angle. It was yeah. just more so that I thought like a movie like Midsummer, which is like a horror movie. You know what I'm saying? Like I even even like some Avengers movie. You know what I'm saying, dude? Like yeah, just throw yeah, yeah. something. <laughs> I like that. Like I mean, uh-huh. honestly, I didn't think that that should have won Best Picture, but I just think that that it's interesting when you really mix it up. And I guess I figured that the big movies and kind of like in the acting category, some of this stuff I just kind of figured would be nominated. Mm -hmm. And um, But Parasite, when I saw it was for Best Picture, I was like kind of like, oh, okay, that's – I like that, you know? But most everything else and Jojo Rabbit too. Yeah, Um, you're you're definitely right that the the bulk of the nominees are like traditional – traditional type of biopic nominations. Yeah. Like you thought it was be nominated, you know? I mean, I don't know any other way to describe it other than I figured it would be. Yeah. I mean, and, and for me, parasite, I actually thought it would be nominated. I know that it's a different kind of movie, but from looking at like film Twitter and reading around, yeah, I knew that there was a huge push behind it. And that's that's definitely that is definitely the case. But it also I, it's hard to explain it without. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to ruin things for you. But it's yeah, also, yeah, I don't want to know nothing. And and like part of it, like when I said the <laughs> the diversity thing, I don't think that's why it was nominated because it had starred Korean actors and that kind of thing. Because the movie making itself is also yeah, but it brings a different perspective. Yeah, yeah, definitely does. Yeah. So, and that's what I like. I mean, that was part of the. Um, if in some of the films we'll talk about, we can kind of dive in. Um, let's start out. Let's start because it mentions the films anyway, obviously, because it's the categories. Yeah. Uh, let, <laughs> let's start with supporting actor. Um, uh, Tom Hanks playing uh, Mr. Rogers, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Anthony Hopkins, Two Popes, Pacino and Pesci for The Irishman. And Mr. Bradley Pitworth for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, let's see. We Andy did some nice work making a, a little chart here so we can know who saw what movie. 
but uh, you've seen a bit more of the films than I. What, uh, what out of this, this is kind of what I meant. When you look at this crew here, even for supporting mm-hmm. actor, yeah. I mean, it's Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe <laughs> Pesci, and Brad Pitt. It's kind of a heavyweight list. Yeah, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, there's not, it's not like three of them are people that you would be like, okay, they're a supporting act. They're all lead act. They're all leading men. The, the one, the thing, when I first looked at this category, I looked at it for a little, and four out of the five have acting Oscars already. And Pitt already has a producing Oscar. So basically they all have Oscars. And the, the other thing though, is that the guys that have them, Hanks, Hopkins, Pacino, and Pesci, it's been 20 years ago or more for all of them. Wow, really? Won. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the last time Hanks won was for Forrest Gump. The last time he was nominated was Castaway. Really? Yeah. And, and don't come with the knowledge. Yeah. Matt, you're putting and this in perspective. This is like Cast- a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. And uh, Al Pacino, the last time he was nominated was Scent of a Woman. Wow. When he won. Passion Goodfellas. These guys have so, been I mean, coasting, is what you're saying, Andy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> have you have you seen have you seen anything Pacino's done in the last, besides the yeah. Irishman? How about Anthony Ooh. Hopkins? He had quite a few straight to uh, DVD yeah. or streaming well, or cable. He does have he does have Westworld in there, so I'm going to give him that yeah. one. True, true. That is true. But then again, it is also it's a great like it is a great list and. These performances, I saw The Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I actually did watch a bit of The Two Popes because it's on I, Netflix and you can just turn it on and watch a couple scenes. And I actually, The Two Popes was one that surprised me. I did not think I was, I was like another, another biopic, another one of those kind of things. And I, I loved The Two Popes. I was shocked how much I loved that movie. I didn't realize till it was over either. It's directed by the same guy who did City of God, Fernando. I can't think of what his last name is. Morales. Yeah. You ever saw City of God quite a few years ago? That, yes. Which was an amazing movie. And this is a completely different kind of movie, but I really, really enjoyed I'm not a huge biopic fan for the most part. But oh, I, really I didn't liked. know that he directed that. Yeah, City of God yeah, is an all-time classic, man. That helped international yeah. cinema in a way that few, yeah. you know, it's one of those kind of watershed moments, at least for yeah. American audiences. It's it's one of the few, like, uh, most of my friends know I'm a big movie and TV guy. And it's one of the few, City of God is one of the few foreign films that I will recommend to almost anybody. Yeah, because it's it's you. so, and I didn't know he had anything to do with the two popes until the end credits came up and his name came up. I'm like, whoa, really? So it was, yeah, really. I've and I thought Hopkins was great in that too. So it was, I like all of. I haven't seen Tom Hanks, but I I like all the performances here. It's it's hard to hard to pick one, but I think I w- I would still pick the same guy who I think is probably going to win it. And who's and that? Brad Pitt. Bradley Pitt. Yeah, Bradley is. Yeah. Uh, he's quite an actor. Man, he's and God, he's so he's a guy that you should hate, but I just can't not like the guy. Hey. Yeah, I I I have to say, um, I did not get a chance to see the one thing that I didn't get to see any of is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, but it's Tom Hanks playing Mister Rogers. I mean, yeah, I think I've kind of seen that throughout yeah. for the past how many years of my life. Um, and I can't, I'm sure it's amazing and I'm sure that it's great. 
Um, well, I'll, on, on that performance, I'll defer to my son because when the trailer came out for that, he's a, he, he's three, almost three. So he watches Mr. Rogers a lot. And when that trailer came out, I was showing it to my, my wife and Luke heard the music. So he comes over and wants to see it. And Tom Hanks comes off and takes the sweater off. And he says, that's not Mr. Rogers. <laughs> so <laughs> take that for what you will. So, you didn't fool him. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> Luke has spoken. Yes. So I'll, I'll have to, I do want to see it though. And I'm sure it's great. It just, it, it wasn't a priority for me to see it. Cause it, yeah, like you said, it's Tom Hanks playing Fred Rogers. You, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. This, I mean the, uh, okay. So this is a little bit, um, not strange. I mean, it's happened before, but it's one of those years where the top four acting categories have already kind of been swept for the other, what is it? The SAG Awards, the Golden Globes, and the BAFTAs. Yeah. So Brad Pitt, and then what is it? It's like Brad Pitt, Laura Dern, um, uh, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, and Johansson. Oh no, no. Zellweger. Sorry. Yeah, Renee Zellweger. Renee yeah. Zellweger have won in all those other award shows. So they are basically like the super odds on, like when you look, I, I have actually some stuff from, from action, actionnetwork.com. It's the betting site. And they're kind of like <laughs> oh, yeah. what the betting, uh, what the, yeah, the and it's odds. all, yeah, all the odds. And it's all like for, and also for best director and I think original screenplay, they're they're all in the minuses. Like Joaquin Phoenix is like minus five thousand, and Adam yeah. Driver is like plus a thousand. So there's a yeah. definite discrepancy there if you're going to bet going in. And I yeah. have to say, for this one, um, I would give it to Bradley Pitt, man. I mean, I love the Irishman. I don't have much bad to say about it besides the de-aging was ridiculous and did not work at, I, let's just admit it now. It did not work at all for me. Maybe we can, maybe we'll disagree about that. But well, that Pacino was great. Pesci was great. But I don't think Pesci was as great as everyone was saying that Pesci was. Because yeah, they were- I would- yeah, I would agree with that completely. You know, everyone was kind of like, oh, it was a very subdued role for him and blah. And I was like, you know what? I felt he was – at some points, I kind of felt that it almost felt disinterested. I know that it wasn't, but yeah. I did not really get I, – I felt really that um, – Pacino did a great job and deserved this nomination. I'm not so I think Pesci, that was just kind of like a career nomination here. Um, yeah, and Pacino. Anthony Hopkins, damn it if that guy doesn't give it his all. And in this, some of the scenes I watched with him, I tried to watch because I know the film straddles years, yep. but um, it, he was fantastic. But Brad Pitt, man, I and I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he just was so smooth. And the way you say, too, like this guy who may be part and, you know, we're going to try not to do too many spoilers in this. But, you know, there's like a question of how nice of a guy he really is kind of. (laughs) They're buddies, but they're also like both kind of scumbags. Yeah. And uh, but I think I love that. And all I, I mean, for me. The, just the scene of fixing the antenna, 
is enough for me. <laughs> just that part and the the way he is with his body and the his everything he does. I just love Brad Pitt, so I'm down well, with him I'm, winning. Just, just thinking about him in that movie, there's so many things, like you said, that scene or the scene where uh, the Spawn Ranch scene and all of these things that I just, or the Bruce Lee scene, things yeah. where I, I think I see or think about <laughs> Pitt and he is just, he is so great in that, or yeah. even, the, even the small little thing, I mean, it's only like 10 seconds long where he's interacts with Kurt Russell and man, I just, oh, I loved Brad Pitt in this movie. I've. I also going back to the Irishman for just a second. I thought Pacino was fantastic too. It's the best thing he's done in 20 years. Probably yeah. there's a reason why. And if he got it, I would be fine with it too, just because maybe that would encourage, encourage him to go back to make movies that are good. Cause he still has it. He still has that ability instead of starring in crappy Adam Sandler movies and that kind of stuff that he has been doing. Yeah, and, I, I agree. And it's, well, he's does a lot of theater. Yeah, that's true. So that's his thing. And, and um, I, I'm cool with that because I think that that is where it all comes from. There's, oh, I was going to ask you one other thing, too. You mentioned it briefly. The Irishman, uh, the special effects. Yeah. Do you? I, I've thought about this a lot while I was watching it. And do you think it would have worked if they would have cast younger actors as those parts? Yes, 100 bazillion percent. And not only that, but that dumb uh, Will Smith movie where he is plays also his younger self. Wasn't that Ang Lee directed that? Yeah, Gemini Man. Gemini Man. I mean, that movie was that sometimes it looked like him. And then other times it's like, okay, I'm watching the final fantasy cut scene or something. Yeah. Like, well, it's Ang Lee has a little bit of that Robert Zemeckis thing in him, or sometimes he gets really <laughs> infatuated with the, with the, the special effects. And, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Cause that, it was something where I wasn't sure if it would, cause I mean, part of what I liked about the Irishman that it, it was those guys playing roles that you basically seen them play before and you'd seeing them, like the what happens after the end of Goodfellas kind of I don't know I didn't I you know what though for me it lost instead of feeling as if I had been on a journey over a lifetime I felt like I had been told a kind of timeless tale and mm-hmm. not that that's not sometimes good but it didn't work for me because I think the themes, especially at the end, were about yeah. this lifelong journey. And yeah. it just look, I don't care what anybody says. I would I will freaking wrestle someone on a mat for this. It didn't work. <laughs> it did not work. He did not look like he was 30 years old when he met. Uh, uh, what you call De Niro did not look like he was thirty, and Pesci was fifty. Yeah. They look, and then when the scene, and everybody says the same scene. It's not a spoiler. There's a part at which De Niro beats a guy up and he kicks him. Oh yeah, and he looks like he's ninety, and he's supposed to be like thirty-five or forty or something like that. that now, I mean, that was one of the yeah. Why don't they cast a stunt actor? To, it wasn't it was a close terrible. Yeah. I I understand yeah. that Marty wanted to hang out and they wanted to sit around. You know, they okay. I get it. But if they had cast younger people, the other reason I'm always for casting is because it's more actors. Film and television, theater. It's about acting. 
You know what I'm and, saying? Like, yeah, this you, was this this whole this part of the I, this is one of the things I wanted to ask Keith. I'm sad he's not here because I wanted to ask him what since he's an actor, what he thinks about some of that stuff because I, I've, I'm kind of with you on that. Where why not cast? Why do you? Why do we need to make a younger version of these guys? And we've got all these other actors that could do the job. I'm, I, I'm, always, I'm curious to know what he thinks about that. Yeah, that whole, I, I mean that trend. I don't know. The Irishman is number. Speaking of Heath, let's take a dip into Heath's top ten films of the year. You ready? Let's do it. All right. The Irishman was number five on Solo's list. But I'm going to start at number 10, and we'll come back, and we'll find out the top four. Number 10, John Wick 3, Parabellum. I did not get a chance to see this, did you? I have not seen it yet either. I've seen a couple of the action scenes that have, like on YouTube or something, and the action looked good, but I have not seen it yet. No, yeah. But I will watch it. Something I want to mention about that is I had no idea the extent of the CGI involved in the John Wick movies to the point at which they do not even have guns in their hands when they are shooting. I I knew there was a lot. I think I saw some featurette on when they made one of the first ones where there was like all the blood and all, well, obviously everything CG, CGI, everything but, dude. Yeah. Like he doesn't even have a gun in his, he doesn't even have a prop gun. He's like going boom, boom like that with his hand. Yeah. And then they put the gun in his hand so he can whip around and it's crazy. Yeah. Um, number nine, the dead don't die. I love this movie. Jarmusch. It was weird. It was, I can't even tell you what the hell happened in this movie. Adam that's, driver, that's, Bill Murray. I loved it. That's the zombie one, isn't it? Yeah. Close seven. ye. Yeah. Okay. I have not seen it yet. I'm always, I'm very mixed on Jarmuth. Sometimes I love him and sometimes I really do not care for him. So it's one I do want to check out though. I, I always love him 100%. He is a, a, one of my all time masters. Even if it's not a great movie uh, or, or it doesn't hit me, I just appreciate and love the guy. He's total New Yorker and he's just mm-hmm. a weirdo. Uh, number eight, this was great. Oh man, I watched this one day. I, Put the shades down. Solo, I love that this is on your list. Crawl. <laughs> this is another one I haven't seen. I want to see it, though. I've seen the yeah. previews of that. I thought it, it looks a lot of fun. This this was on Tarantino's, I think, top five of the year. This is people go out and see Crawl. Everybody go and see it. Rent it. It's so fun. It's like 90 minutes long. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about, except there's an alligators <laughs> in it. That's all I'm going to tell you. It's fucking great. I- I think that's all you need to know. That is all you need to know. <laughs> that that and also the girl that stars in that should have gotten an Oscar nomination. And, and some of the alligators. I don't even know who's in that movie. Um what's his name? The guy uh oh man. I have to we'll have to look it up. One of us will IMDB it while I move yep. on. I got it. You keep going. <laughs> oh, okay. Number seven. A film I just recently saw and very much enjoyed, starring Bradley Pitt, Ad Astra. It's another one I want to see, but I've I've been binging the uh, the, the Oscar movies lately, yeah. so I haven't I haven't caught up with it. I mean, space movie, Brad Pitt, Timothy Jones. I that's all I need to. It's all very I need good. To see it? Yeah, it's very good. I liked it. I really enjoyed the mythical qualities to it. It's a hero's journey. It's a 
Greek tragedy. It's really good. It's really, really good. And it's shot spectacularly. And it's a lot of space shit. And I love space. Um, okay. And, the, the, oh, oh, go this, ahead. oh fin- I was going to say finish with Ad Astra first, I guess. Oh, that's it. Okay. The girl is, the, oh boy. Should have, should have had you mangle this name. Kaya Scodelario. Okay. Kaya, Kaya Scodelario. Scodelario. Yeah. Sounds good. And you see who the other, the only person with a name in it is what's his name? That guy with the Southern accent. Uh, uh, Barry Pepper. Yeah. Barry Pepper. Yep. Barry Pepper, who's really good at it. She's fantastic in the, that movie. She is fantastic. And number six, we already know the Irishman is number five, but number six for Solo is Avengers Endgame. I don't disagree. I loved it. <laughs> Did you see that one? Yeah, I, I, I've, I've checked it out. <laughs> a couple times. That was a great yeah. movie. Yep, I, I loved it. You know, I have to admit, when you look at these movies and you think about it, Avengers Endgame, that was a lot of fun. Yep. It's a lot I, of fun. It's 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 one when we're talking about snubs, I can, we might as well talk about it now. I I wish it would have been up for Best Picture. And for a different reason than what – I know a lot of film critics and film Twitter and all of them would be like, that would be stupid, it's terrible. But it, that movie means a lot to a lot of people. It's, and if you're – not by not nominating by dominating it, it's going to get people to watch the Oscars. It's going to be it, with a certain crowd that doesn't watch movies. It will legitimize the Oscars for them. They will say, "Oh, Avengers isn't nominated. They're stuck up. I don't care." It, it brings more people into movies. I've never understood the argument, and it's well made. I don't think anybody can even say it's not well made. I I I wish it would have been nominated just for Best Picture. I don't it doesn't need Best Director or Actor or any of that stuff, but I would have liked to have seen it in the Best Picture nominations. You know what? Let me tell you. I have obviously had conflicting uh, attitudes on this over the years. <laughs> I do think that there's a difference between films. But um, as far as the kind of Scorsese, you know, cinema versus spectacle <laughs> and all that kind of thing, I agree what? with you, Andy. I I do agree with you. And I think that the there is th- this kind of um upper crusty attitude has really dissipated in music because like Napster killed popular music mm-hmm. and now there's music every and also the price of producing music has like drastically you can make an album in your on your computer or your your freaking yeah, phone now any type of media yeah. Right. So, and, but that isn't, you're right. Included with, you can make a movie on your phone. Right. But that hasn't happened with the Oscars. It still maintains this kind of allure, you know, um, Mm -hmm. the chandeliers and tuxedos and whatnot and designer dresses and the red carpet. But I agree with you. Um, I, I think that like the kind of, I guess you'd call it the democratization of the Oscars is something, excuse me, that's kind of bound to happen too. the more you diversify because you get younger people who view these things as landmarks earlier than say someone who's, you know, my age or older would say, come on, that's a, you know, that's like, yeah. But then again, someone could say this, right? Oh, that's like nominating a Western for Best Picture. 
Uh, yeah, there's a lot of Westerns that were nominated for best picture, Yeah, you know, exactly. and won and were great. Yep. Um, so I don't disagree with you at all. I think they should have nom. And when I look at the list and if I, if you know, Hey, how about for supporting actor, they threw in like Bradley Cooper as rocket raccoon or something stupid like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, people yeah. might get upset or whatever, but then some people might be like, Oh, I like the Oscars now I'll tune in and it's a nominee, you know, like. Instead, and I guess, I guess you know. I've, I've never understood the mentality of like the, the, uh, it, it only has to be like, I wish it would be more inclusive where it has those kind of things. Cause like I said, most people, a lot of, a lot of people that I talk to that are just normal people that will go to see the movies four or five times a year or something like that. Most of them haven't seen most of these movies yeah. that have on there and they, they just don't, but I mean, a few of them have seen the Tarantino movie and a couple of the Netflix ones, but it's, I don't know, having a different type of movie from different genres and different interests, I think is a good thing. It makes, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, hard to, hard to put into words why I think, but I, I wish that just would have been, it just, yeah, it doesn't need to win anything. No, but, yeah, I think that you, I think you eloquently stated it and it's part of that idea of having a diverse slate is about Avengers as much as it's about uh, representation, you know, and it's about people seeing people enjoy we have the whole streaming versus theater discussion, you know? Yeah. And what would be the reason to say, to get mad that the Irishman has so many nominations, but it's a Netflix movie to a, Mm -hmm. to a regular everyday person. They'd be like, what the hell's the difference? What one was in a theater and one wasn't, does that really make a difference? No, of course it doesn't. It's still a movie, Mm -hmm. you know? And in the same way, other films like I, I would say one of the films that I find I thought was missing here that I thought would get nominations is Knives Out. That was a huge hit. Yep. People loved it. It was even for an older audience, right? You'd think yeah. that the Academy would like it. Yep. But for some reason it didn't resonate. Well, and that's that's part of what it's the same kind like when I was like the Avengers thing and the uh it's Knives Out is I haven't seen it, but from what it looks like is a lot of it is a comedy and the same thing. It's, they don't nominate comedy. Yes. They don't nominate sci-fi. Good. They don't nominate yep. horror fantasy. I mean, there's a there's exceptions, Lord of the Rings or some of those kind of things or La La hey, Land, which is kind of a comedy. Yeah. But listen. most of the time they, Oh, go ahead. It, yeah. I, like just when I, when I was looking at the acting nominations, half of them are people that played real life people. I mean, it's things like that where everything it has to be so serious and so, an Oscar type of movie. I wish that wasn't a genre. Why not? Yeah. I wish they would be more different genres included. Well, well that's saying, the these movies real, aren't all great, but yeah, that's the real kind of last hurdle, isn't it? You know, that yeah. they kind of have to, they, that's always been the fight. And now because I think of streaming and because of breaking down the kind of theater versus TV uh, difference, you're going to have to face that where it's not like back in the day that, you know, like DC cab was going to get nominated for an Oscar or something. You know what I'm saying? Like they weren't going to nominate ghostbusters or like something like that. But Mm -hmm. now where people are like, wait, 
The Irishman is a Netflix movie. Wait, you know, Two Popes, isn't it? Is that a Netflix movie? It starts feeling like we're watching the Golden Globes or the Emmys or something where you don't know what the hell the categories are, you know? And uh-huh. um, But then you kind of have – it goes in waves because like, look, we're still in the first uh, category here, but supporting <laughs> actor. The youngest guy here is Brad Pitt and he's like in his 50s. Yeah. So, I mean, Hopkins, Pacino, and Pesci, I think, are all over 70. Yep. And Tom Hanks is like 68 or something. So I think Hopkins might even be pushing 80 at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. All right. Let's keep it moving. But this is a yeah. good conversation, buddy. Supporting actress, <laughs> uh, Kathy Bates, Richard Jewell, Laura Dern, Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabito, Florence Pugh, Little Women, Margot Robbie bombshell. I didn't see any. I only saw Marriage Story. And what did you say? Uh, Marriage Story is the only one I have seen too. I like yeah. all of these actresses a lot, but Marriage Story is the only one I've seen. So we we really can't say too much about this category. I mean, <laughs> I love Laura Dern. I thought she was really great in Marriage Story. She added something to it that I wasn't a huge fan of this movie. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Marriage Story since we don't have much to talk about. What would you think of that movie? Yeah. Uh, well, I I can recognize it was a good movie. I Noah Baumbach movies. I am I have never never I shouldn't say never, but I I rarely have been a fan of his movies. Uh, I remember seeing uh, what's the one with Ben Stiller Green Greenberg Yes. Green something I think it's Greenberg. I I hated that movie. <laughs> I mean I just. I, I couldn't, I have a hard time relating to most of his characters. Most of the time yeah. it's like the, the rich Manhattan kind of thing. Yeah. You're like, not, uh, I was going to say, Andy, that's like, that's my neck of the woods. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I love Manhattan. Just that. I just can't, I can't. Manhattan's well, he loves Brooklyn. In the world. Bombach yeah. loves okay, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. He's a Brooklyn this, guy and not, this, and, and he's the, ver- he is the, um, uh, he's not uh, Scorsese's Brooklyn or De Niro's Brooklyn. He's Cobble Hill. He's uh, you know, he's the she she gentrified Brooklyn. Okay, that's the and that's I say. I love every time I've been to New York. It's one of my favorite places in the world to go. So I love the New York thing. I just can't. I don't know something about his story. It's it's kind of like the, you're kind of like way. you kind of look at the people and you're like, yeah. I mean, it's is it that much of a problem? You got a great life, but because it's like, but it's, it's, see the the weird thing about him though is like I, it, he seems like a a version of Wes Anderson, but without the charm and without the. It's not nearly as funny because like a lot of Wes Anderson stuff is the same type of characters and actors, but I yeah. like when Wes Anderson does it. I just. Noah Baumbach's vibe, I just don't jive with for some reason. And Marriage Story is the first movie of his I've watched since Greenberg because that it just put me off him so much after that. And I still like this movie. I don't. I thought the performances were awesome. I love Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad if either one of them won for it. But the movie itself, I, I thought it was more of just an actor's showpiece. I guess for lack of a better term, I still liked it, but I didn't. And like I've seen a lot of comparisons to Kramer versus Kramer. I think when we some people talking about it on Facebook there, and I which a movie I actually hadn't seen Kramer versus Kramer until it was within the last year. I think I think I saw it last summer. It was on Turner Classics one night, and I sat and turned it on, and I couldn't turn it off. And I I don't 
I don't necessarily think it's a better version of that, but I think it's an updated version, if that makes sense, for like the time we're living in now, as opposed to the late seventies, early eighties when Kramer yeah. versus Kramer was made. So I, I still, I still liked it. I don't, I don't. It's not as high on my list as some of the other movies, I guess. Um, I was surprised. Both Sean and Tony, my world of video uh, co-workers, were shitting on Kramer versus Kramer. Um, oh, okay, that's who those retroactively. guys are. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And I guess I mean it's been a while. I mean, I think I actually watched Kramer vs. Kramer like two or three years ago. On one late, like you were saying, it was on TV late one night, and I watched yeah. it or I taped it or something. Yep. Um, and I remember. I mean, it's of its time, and there's some kind of problematic parts of it, I guess you'd say. But I like. I guess what I what I, what I thought about Marriage Story is I felt it was kind of milk toast, man. I mean, you've got two people. It's really should be called divorce story. Yeah, and well, yeah. There's no question about that. Yeah, and you got two people who are theatrical. She is an actress. He is a director. And at certain mm-hmm. points, they are dramatic, but it's rather staid. It's rather. It's not as dramatic as I thought it would be it. And even for a film that is showcasing actors, perhaps it just took it, you know, films are subjective, your experience with them. And perhaps it was my experience with the film, but I loved Adam driver. I particularly like Scarlett Johansson. I thought she was fantastic. She really is the centerpiece of the film. Yeah. Um, and for most really, I mean, I think for the first 40 minutes of the film, it's her movie. And I really, and I thought, you know, the directing was clean. I like the kind of interiors type Woody Allen shots where they're going from room to room. Yeah. But this is my problem with Bombback. And I said it on our Facebook page. I feel like every time I watch one of his movies, he's like aping giving homage to the people he appreciates, whether for me, it's like Woody Allen Bergman. It's definitely that line of Bergman, Woody Allen and it, but it never gets there though. And he never like Wes Anderson is so fucking talented and creative that he literally tears you out of your world and brings you into his Yeah, bomb back. I feel like I'm walking in Brooklyn. I feel like it's like somebody took down the pizza place and put a brick oven pizza place. You know what I mean? It's like (laughs) a facsimile of what Uh I really desire. And that's what I felt about this film. I felt it was like an exercise. I felt it was like a rehearsal. And then when did the film come? And even in this, in the big triumphant scene, they have what they say to each other is not even that deep. It's like, I hate you. And I, I just, and one thing I would say about Kramer versus Kramer, I should watch it again, but I, it was, it was a little, it was overdramatic, but I want that, you know? And I felt like this film was very, um, like over controlled. And even some of the locations were from fricking Woody Allen, which he's done before too. I uh, let like the tennis scene, right? Uh, it's right out of Annie Hall. And also, um, the, well, actually Woody Allen uses that tennis place like three or four times, but, um, I don't know, man, but Laura Dern, when she pops up, when Alan Aldo, Ray Liotta, 
when they yeah. enter the film, it starts to almost have its own voice. Yep. So that's why I like Laura Dern. And I want to say for um, Florence Pugh, Pugh, I can't yep. pronounce, Pugh yep. Little Women, I loved Midsummer. She was amazing. I hope she wins just so she can walk up there and accept the award on behalf of both Little Women and Midsummer. You do you have you seen Midsummer? I haven't seen it yet. I Whoa. saw it's on it's on it's on Prime, isn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I just saw it come up and I haven't I know yeah, that's one I'm gonna it. have to watch after yeah. after my wife goes to bed. There's no way she's gonna want to watch that. Yes, no, and my I, wife would not watch it either. <laughs> I saw it's almost I saw it's close to three hours, so I just haven't had the time to cut to carve out that three hour time yet to sit down and watch that one. That's, yeah. I do want to get to that though. And um, let's see. So yeah, Scarlett Johansson was great. And even if Scarlett Johansson, I know she's later nominated for marriage story. Um, mm-hmm. So who knows if she's, that's interesting when you have someone nominated for supporting actress and lead in two yeah. different films. It'd be, I think it would be, I almost just for fun. I almost kind of think it would be cool if she won both. Just why not? Like, it'd be cool. Like, I mean, look, everybody does. Oh, come on. We all know that Margot Robbie is going to be in everything for the next 50 fucking years. Yeah. You know, my wife liked bombshell, but she said that she said Margot Robbie was probably the best part of it, mm -hmm. but it was more like an HBO movie. That's what I know. That, that would make sense. Well, I I still want to see Laura Dern win this, I think, because I mean, yeah, Kathy Bates great. already has Kathy Bates already has one. Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, and Margot Robbie—they're all going to have chances again. True, definitely, definitely. And I mean, Laura Dern, who I mean, she also had a great year with Big Little Lies. Even mm-hmm. though I was down on this season a little bit, she was awesome in that. Yep. And I mean, it's hard to say how many more great roles she's going to get. Unfortunately, I love Laura Dern, so I hope she continues. But I kind of hope she wins, just because I I'm sure the the rest of them will keep making other yeah. movies where they'll get stuff. So. And she's tall, you know, and I love I just, oh, yeah. I love tall yeah, women. I, I, yeah, I forgot about your tall women. Actually, I'm married to a tall woman, too, there so I, I, should, I, can, I can't really talk. <laughs> there you go. Say, how tall is your wife? Oh, what is she, 5'9", okay. 5'8", somewhere in there. Yeah, see, my wife's 6'1", man. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. That's cool. That's the tallest. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, all great actresses, all fantastic actresses, not a bad, uh, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. a great list. Uh, I did not see Richard Jewell. I'd be interested in seeing that. Um, Kathy Bates is, good, yeah. yeah, Kathy Bates is always awesome. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But the favorite here, uh, is Laura Dern. That is who has won, I think the BAFTA and, the. SAG yeah, award think, and all that kind of stuff. I think she's took pretty much all of them. Yeah. So we shall see. But I can see Margot Robbie or Pew jumping in here because they're younger, right? Yep. And yep. especially in the supporting categories, the Oscars has a history of doing that. Yep. Yeah, um, giving it to the young, the young hot thing, basically, for lack of a better term. Taking a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. And we're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in Cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed 
happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. One of the best parts about podcasting is getting to know the listeners and making new friends. And one of those friends is Andy. You may have heard me mention him before on one of our many podcasts. And Andy and his wife, Claire, are looking to adopt. So if you or anybody you know is considering adoption for their baby, please consider the loving family of Andrew and Claire. They're a home study approved adoptive family of three living on a farm in southern Minnesota with a dog, Barney, and two turtles. They're able to adopt from anywhere in the United States and would love to answer any questions you may have. To learn more about them, check out their Facebook page at Andrew and Claire Adopt or on Instagram at Andrew underscore and underscore Claire underscore adopt. You can also email them at Andrew and Claire Adopt at gmail.com. So again, if you or anyone you know is considering adoption for their baby, reach out at andrewandclairadopt at gmail.com. Thanks. Now let's go to the next category called, What Movies Did Andy and Axel Watch With Their Sons? Animated (laughs) Feature, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Jeremy Clappin, Klaus, Klaus, Sergio Pablos, I think that's a Netflix movie. Missing yes, Link. Yep. Yeah, Missing Link. Chris Butler and the before mentioned Toy Story Four. Out of these, I saw a Hidden Dragon. I saw a little of Klaus. I saw a little of Missing Link, and I saw. Oh, actually, I think I watched all of Missing Link and Toy Story Four. I'm going to give it to Toy Story Four. Well, I think it's all of these are actually available to stream right now because I've yeah. watched all of these with just in the last week or two. So. The, uh, I think Toy Story 4 will win. I know it won't happen, but I hope I Lost My Body will win. This that, movie is oh. insane. And do not watch this with your son. <laughs> That's why I didn't watch it. I, was, I had heard something about this movie. This is French, isn't it? Is yes. It? Okay. It's, well, it's French animated, but you don't. there's no subtitles because they just dub it with American voices and you don't okay. notice anything. So it's... It, I mean, the voice cast is, I um, can't think of what her name is. She played Maybe on Arrested Development. Oh, uh, the heck's her, that, that actress. can't remember what her name is, but uh, Alia Shaka. Yeah, Shari, Sharaka. Or, okay. Yeah, I think and, that's uh, how I pronounce it. Dev Patel and George Went are the three nice. voice actors. And it's the, the best way to describe it is um, a guy loses his hand, and the hand, like, um, like the thing in Adam's family is sentient and the hand is trying to find his way back to his body. Interesting. It's, and it's, it's, it's very dark and it's, but I don't know. It was, it was not at all what I was expecting. It's one of those ones that's hard to even explain. It's just so different and so strange. I don't think there's any chance of it winning, but that would, that was, that's why I hope wins. I mean, as far as the other ones, how to Train Your Dragon, I I love the first two movies. This one I thought was okay. Klaus I thought was good. It's a good Christmas movie. I was surprised it was nominated. It doesn't seem like the type of movie that was... I mean, it's one of those ones people are going to watch every year. Missing Link I didn't think was that great. I think it was just nominated because it was like a studios and 
The animation is really good. I yeah. didn't think the story. I thought it was an Indiana Jones meets King Kong ripoff. And Toy Story 4 was good as well. So I'm guessing Toy Story will win. But check out I Lost My Body if any of that. It's very weird. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, it's on Netflix. So I will. I think that sounds very cool. Um, and yeah, Netflix uh, getting into this category. Yeah, it's good to see Leica nominated, Portland-based. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Toy Story 4, you know, How to Train Your Dragon might kind of sneak in there. That That is, I think that's, what what is that Warner Brothers that does that? Uh, uh, DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Okay. So, yeah, I know that they have previously won stuff. So, yeah, they have a good uh, contingent there pushing it out. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Toy Story 4, I enjoyed it. My son, my son, I think was not hugely in love with it. I don't know yeah, why this one didn't resonate as much because we had like watched the other three leading up to this, and then uh, maybe maybe we maybe it was just Toy Story overload for him. Yeah, that's. I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was good, but it wasn't. It wasn't like. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't. I didn't think it was as good as the first three, but I still enjoyed it. I don't know. It's it, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> Forky. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, I will say this: the the uh, <laughs> the mannequins and all that stuff that was insanely creepy. Which I did. I thought that part was all very very cool. But <laughs> they really know, they know. That's the thing about the Toy Story is that there's a lot of adult stuff in there. Oh yeah, you definitely. know, it really is as much for the parents as it is for the kids, and that's why I think it has that resonance. And when you think about the number of years, it's been like twenty something years of those movies. You know, like yeah, almost thirty. Yeah, wow, it's really amazing. It really is. You kind of you forget about that, but then again, yeah. I don't remember what happened in any of them. It's a freaking cartoon. Uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> best documentary feature. American Factory, The Cave, The Edge of Democracy, Forsama, and Honeyland. And this year, I have only seen American Factory. I did not get to see a lot of the uh, documentaries. I guess there's been so much TV, but you saw a lot of them. And this, this, uh, my son has been sick the last week and a half, so I've had a lot of time at home. And I, uh, Edge of Democracy, Honeyland, and American Factory are all on Netflix. Uh, Honeyland is on Hulu, but the other two are on Netflix, so they were actually easy to watch, so I did check them out. Um, Edge of Democracy, I thought was good, but it was, I don't know, it was, it felt a little padded at times, where there was, I mean, it's about the Brazil and the corruption in, the, in, uh, in their government over the last 15, 20 years. It's very interesting stuff, but it just didn't, didn't really grab me. The one that Really did an American Factory, which you also saw. I mean, I, I thought it was good. It was, it was. I mean, a lot of that story I knew already, so it wasn't didn't grab me as much. But Honeyland, Honeyland was. I watched it last night, and I couldn't believe how much I loved this movie. It's uh, documentaries. I always have a my favorite kind of documentaries are ones that take me to some place that I have never seen, never been to, never, never even knew existed in a lot of cases, like in the case of this one. And I mean, it involves a beekeeper in Macedonia, which I mean, it's I, I'm making it sound even more boring than it than I thought it sounded, but it actually um, it shocked me because it showed. And she's very she's like in her 80s, very poor, no car, no nothing. 
she she has all these bees and it's a documentary about farming which is something that i do for my living so it made me find, it made me see a way that i'm similar to somebody that lives on the exact opposite side of the world and even though we live in very different conditions she has a lot of the same problems i have here or same issues i have it's uh trying to basically macgyver th- things together to fix things on the job how do you do sustainable farming how do you market your crops how do you deal with your neighbors who are also your friends, but also your competitors at the same time, providing for your family, um, passing on your knowledge to future generations. I mean, it was, it just blew me away. This movie was, if nothing else, doing this podcast made me basically, that's the reason I watched this movie. And I am so glad that I did. I loved Honeyland. That's <laughs> I will watch it. I will that de- Maybe I'll put it on tonight. That sounds uh, great, man. I mean, that's, yeah, that's why I love this category. And I was, when I saw these nominations, because they're, again, just as we, I was talking about Napster killed popular music. Well, you know, HD and digital video cameras saved documentaries. And there are so many, I mean, just yesterday, Lachlan and I are watching a documentary about a Canadian guy trying to buy all the NES cartridges he could. Why? (laughs) Because it was on Amazon and it was a lot of fun. And he wanted, he's like, Hey, can we watch that thing about the guy getting the games again? You know, that's, isn't there, speaking of that, isn't there one of those? I never saw it about the where all the ET cartridges are buried. Yes. Yeah. Xbox did that. That was available That's, on like the, that was a fun one where they found all, yeah, they went to the, I never saw it. But Major really Nelson it. went and they, they went and found all of the ET cartridges that were buried in a landfill. Yeah. Um, but there's, uh, well, in Honeyland too, like, um, well, I'm also thinking of it. I, I, I went and did research on the movie after I watched it because I was so amazed by it. The, the film crew that was there was there for three years with these people filming everything. And it looks like the other one of my complaints about, especially American Factory, is it seems more like an HBO type of doc. Yeah, this yeah. one, Honeyland, it's got. I mean, it's got the big vistas and just amazing camera work. And it's, uh, it's, um, oh, it's the, also the first movie to ever be nominated for best doc and best foreign film at the, in the same time, which well, is kind of a cool. You don't often see docs nominated for anything besides yeah. doc. So wow, I am da- I am in. I'm definitely watching this before. The Academy Awards, Andy, and I mean it's it's slow. It is definitely slow, but it's the longer it goes, it just it sucked me in, and I was I couldn't. And I'm still in shock how much I thought this was a great great movie. So, that is so. great. Well, it's also I mean I'm a big fan of documentaries, and I watch sometimes I watch so many, and I watch them all the time, and some of my favorite even TV programs like Frontline, American Experience, mm-hmm. Nature are documentaries. Yeah. And uh, I love it's part of the reason I love reality TV I, because every once in a while you get something fantastic that really blurs the line and, and, and shows you what a documentary can do. And yep. uh, yeah, the only one I got the opportunity to see was American Factory and I loved it. I thought it was great. It kind of took me by surprise, but you're right that, um, you know, American Factory is very much like a by the like it's a document i mean it was just this couple that hadn't really even made too much stuff before and they decided to make this documentary and then and as it got workshopped so you're right it does in a sense it has that kind of hbo doc feeling to it and i mean 
I, I, and I still really liked it. it was yeah, really yeah. Good. The and, Sundance effect kind of thing, to, you know? It, but yeah, it's, and if, it's still if, great. If, if I hadn't have watched Honeyland, that for sure would have been my pick. Yeah. But, I mean, that's <laughs> – it was – and I, I think American Factory will probably win. I mean – for one, I mean, it's got the connection to the Obamas and all Definitely. that stuff too. So I'm, yep. I would be surprised if it doesn't win. But yeah, it, like I said, it was still very good, and I loved all the the China, the China and the United States relationship stuff. I loved all that. I love seeing stuff inside of China because it's very that's not an easy thing to do get access like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's also very good. Yeah, it was great. But that's what I mean. You can tell that, like, and I know a little bit about so. You know, they started doing it and then people got interested. They see the footage. Oh, okay. Now we can pay for you to go. You know what I mean? Like it builds because yeah. a lot of times yep. that's the way documentaries are made. The documentary is not made where a person says, hey, I have a great idea for a documentary. And then someone says, oh, here's a bajillion dollars. It's like you yeah, have you to do. get funding for each stage. All right. Now we want to go to China. Let's get the funding. We want to get the, we need to get that archival footage. Okay. We need funding for archival footage, right? The music rights. And they built that documentary that way. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, but I can see the way you're describing. There's the kind of Honeyland where it's more like more the old, you know, like Maisel style cinema verite where you're kind of like living with the subject and that is that is definitely yeah, what Honeyland is. Where it just kind of you you become that. Whereas yeah. American Factory starts little and becomes way bigger. Yeah. And you start to understand that's kind of what surprises you about that. You think you're watching the kind of like Roger and me type that, you know, maybe, but then it just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you're like, wow, this has something really important to say that in the beginning we thought was maybe just like community and, you know, (laughs) yeah, like how do different people see each other? No, this has something huge to say. Yep. But that's cool. I I still really, I still really enjoyed it. And I, I don't mean to say I didn't like it and didn't think it was good. I just, Honeyland just completely, if it isn't obvious by now, it just blew me out of the water. Well, that's great. I yeah. was shocked. So it's, it's great. And I, I don't watch nearly connection. as many. I don't. I don't. Really, I don't watch nearly as many docs as you do. So it's. I, I'm. I watch some docs, but not not a ton. Usually the Oscar ones I try to watch, and it's so I don't. I mean, you maybe have seen a hundred of them just like it. So I'll be curious to know what you think. I know a lot of it. A lot of it is just the personal connection I had because of the agriculture connection is part of why I loved it so much too. So. That's hard to hard to quantify that. That's important though. That's great. That's what it's that's what documentaries are all about, right? And you look for something you think you're watching something totally different, and then you realize that it's right there in your own home. Mm-hmm. You know? And speaking of in your own home, Antonio Banderos is nominated for lead actor. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with my home. Oh, and Antonio's right next to me. Antonio, how you doing? Well, let's to actually I'm pretty sure Oh, both of our wives would be just fine if he was in our house. Yeah, oh, gosh, <laughs> man, he is still sexy. He's a handsome um, man. <laughs> speaking of sexy and Antonio Banderos, let's go to Heat Solo's top five movies of the year. We already talked about it. I'll mention it again. Number five is The Irishman. Number four, Jojo Rabbit. Loved Jojo Rabbit, the solo. I did not get a chance to see Jojo Rabbit. I am glad that it's getting so many nominations. Taiki Waititi is a fantastic talent, 
And I'm so happy that that guy is getting so many opportunities to work, whether it's Ragnarok, Jojo Rabbit, uh, the Wildebeest, uh, what we do in the, the Wilde people, what we do in the shadows, the TV show and, and the, uh, and the film faux documentary. I just, I love it, man. I oh, love Mandalorian, he, Mandalorian too. The Mandalorian. The they're talking about giving him more star Wars stuff. Yeah. I yeah, just, I haven't, I haven't seen this either, but yeah, I'm yeah. a big Taika fan. I, I cannot wait to see this one. I, and I think it's really cool that both Ryan Johnson and Ty, they see, they're showing you how you don't have to be Sam Raimi and lose 12 years of your career to Spider-Man. Yeah. You can make one for them, one for you. And directors and actors and people in the industry have been doing that for years. Because and I don't think I don't think Raimi's ever recovered either. No. And and you see but look, he's a, 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 he does Ragnarok he does this. He comes back. He does Mandalorian. He's going to do another. He's working on another movie that he wants to do. And who thought that a movie about a, a kid who has an imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler, is going <laughs> to uh, resonate yeah. with people? But it did. And I, I, you know, I have not had an opportunity to see the film. But based upon his other films I've seen and I've enjoyed them all, I'm sure it's a great film. Yeah. Um, number three solo has, and we'll talk about it. And when we talk about in the next category, but I'll just mention it now, Joker number two, parasite, which damn, I want to see. I'm so pissed. I didn't get a chance <laughs> to see this movie. Um, and number one solos, number one film of the year might be my number one too. Maybe, <laughs> I think so. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Well, I, uh, when he said that, when he emailed us and said he wasn't going to be able to make it, I responded back and said I, his list or his, a lot of his comments are very similar to my own. His top two are exactly the same as mine. Parasite and once upon a time are my two favorite movies. And parasite has only gone up in stature the longer I've thought about it. So it eventually could be my number one. Once upon a time is my number one for now, but yeah, a great list. All right. And he, uh, Solo just wants to reiterate Parasite and Jojo Rabbit are amazing. And he hopes Scarlett Johansson and Bradley Pitworth win supporting actors. <laughs> and now we'll get to it because we're going to talk about lead actor. He says, Joaquin is amazing in Joker and our lead actor in a, in a motion picture category motion picture film is Antonio Banderas painting glory, Leonardo DiCaprio once upon a time in Hollywood, Adam driver. I don't know why I'm doing an accent for everyone. Marriage <laughs> story, Joaquin Phoenix, the Joker and Jonathan price, the popes of two, the two popes. Now I got to say, um, I didn't see painting glory. I did get to see, Almost everybody here, because I watched some scenes with Jonathan Price in The Two Popes, so I didn't watch the whole film. And I have to say, I am. I think the, the, the favorite going in is Joaquin and Joker. I'm so happy to see Adam Driver for Marriage Story. He was magnificent in this. I yep. just, there's just one thing that bothers me. Every movie I see Adam Driver in, he looks like a hulking beast, except when he's Kylo Ren. 
<laughs> when he's Kylo Ren, he always look his shoulders are hunched right. He doesn't look as big to me. You know what yeah, I'm saying? You know, the funny thing about that is he looks bigger playing the the uh, when they do the undercover boss sketches on SNL where he's playing Kylo right. Ren undercover. That version looks bigger than Kylo Ren does. I know. I think they kind of tried not to go that route with him because they were kind of going the YA, you know what I'm saying? Like younger. Yeah, and it's bizarre. Then, it's too, bizarre. Why do, you cast a, why do you cast a former Marine if you don't want him to look like that? I mean, his whole – I'd say it's so funny what has happened with girls, how it was like this cultural milestone – for so many people, and then you look back at it and you're like, gosh, that was not really that good. But <laughs> Adam Driver was great in Girls, and so much of it was his physicality. He's the only reason I kept on watching that show. Mm-hmm. He's just he was like a he was like Stanley Kowalski. He was like just like a beast, you know? And I just I thought he was great in marriage story. Uh there's one scene in particular, don't want to spoil but involves little singing. I mean, I think um, yeah. he's great. But for me, and Leonardo, he was magnificent in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I, I think Leo is he's so good at everything he does. He, I think at this point, it, we kind of take him for granted. But he's, I mean, just mm-hmm. the scene with him talking to the little girl, oh, man, so thank good. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me of Yeah, he is really... He is fantastic in Inception, and he is fantastic in everything, and you're absolutely right that I think even people of our generation, 40 and above, who know the – you're you're above 40, aren't you? How old are you again? Uh, Just turned 42. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, You know, Titanic and the Leonardo – oh, Leonardo, you know, he's a heartthrob. But for serious, this guy is a great actor. And yep. he was just magnificent in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was like nervous and unsure of himself the entire film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even till the like the until like the last twenty seconds of yeah. the movie, the entire time he is <laughs> like you can just tell he's got the low self esteem and the, yep, yep. needs to be pumped up all the time. And I mean, Brad Pitt basically has to be his therapist most of the movie and and try and pump him up and be his hype man. It's I mean, it's I think it's a I think it's underrated an underrated performance but he's he's great in it. He is great. Um but I guess I have to say the odds on are for Joaquin and I can't take it away from him. Um I did not think Joker was a great movie. Uh don't really think it was really even worthy of a best picture nomination, but I think he was magnificent. And just, I mean, everything from his body to his voice, his, I, I'm, he just 100% was this character. And I don't even, you know, a lot of people might still think Heath Ledger did a better job of Joker and I might not disagree, but for this film and this performance, Joaquin was awesome. I guess I kind of would go with Leonardo if I really had to, just because I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a better film, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not going to be upset when Joaquin wins, and he'll go up there and talk nice about animals or something. He's like, a, yeah. he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen Pain and Glory, but I've seen the rest of them, and I, I think they're all great 
all of them are great. I wouldn't have a, as far as pure acting goes, I would be fine with any of them winning, even though I didn't like marriage story that much. And I mean, I liked it, but not, not to that level. And Joker, I enjoy Joker, but it's solely because of him. I mean, yeah. he's, he, he took that to a whole, whole. And the level. sets, I'll say the yeah. sets oh, yeah. and, and the, um the set decoration, the sets, the locations was great. Uh, yeah. I loved it, but I was surprised for me. Joker was not like people were like, um, this is like Logan or something, you know, it's a departure. And I was like, no, it really wasn't. It was the joke. It was like a, it was a Joker origin story. Mm-hmm. I mean, even well, down to all the Batman shit that was involved in it, which I was like, why is all this Batman? I thought this was supposed to be like an indie movie Joker, but it wasn't. It was like, I just felt it was. But really, I mean, really though, the Batman stuff really is. I mean, it it seems like a lot because it's near the end, but really, that's only maybe five or ten minutes. No, it's, I agree. I, mean, Thomas, I agree, but it set it in that universe for me. Yeah, yeah. and that pulled me out. It's, you know, so yeah. I just felt it was basically in all. I felt it was a bit more traditional than I thought it would be. Yeah, it definitely, and I and. I think a lot of the people that were saying how it's so different haven't because I mean, it, it's, it's different compared to the Marvel movies for sure. And it's, yeah. it's, but it's still, it, it actually is still similar to some of the DC stuff in the past. Yes. It's similar yeah. to a lot of the Batman stuff that's been made with just kind of a Scorsese kind of twist to it is really kind of what it. And the Scorsese it, light. Cause if you're going to like try to put that up against like the King of comedy, come on. Yeah. It's not yeah. even, yeah, for sure. You can't. And that's, I mean, and one thing I I know there's people that have complained that it's a Scorsese ripoff, and I I have the response I want to say to that is why is that bad? Yeah, I do, I don't disagree with you because like yeah. King of the Comedy and a lot of those uh, uh, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, some of that stuff that this movie references in a lot of places. Most people that are watching Joker are never going to watch those movies. So I mean, we Shakespeare or Jane Austen, <laughs> that stuff gets remade yeah. every fifteen, twenty years. I Andy, and, I'm, I'm I I agree, uh, and and I do have to credit, um, what you know when I was saying about Bombback that he doesn't really kind of form his own vision. You know, I I do have to say that Joker, even though it borrows from a lot of things, it does present a unique world in what is accomplished through mostly the set design, the production. I mean, I think the cinematography, the direction was good. I don't think it was amazing, but I thought it was really good. They're professionals and it was top notch, Mm -hmm. uh, but it achieves that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think all in all, it's kind of the script in it. You know, it's a, I found it to be, it goes in a, it go, it's, it seems like it's going in certain directions and it quickly tidies them up. Yeah. It, well, it, that's, yeah. You know, it's kind of, it, it, I really do feel like it's a sneak tentpole film. Like, you know, that it was pitched to the public as some, it's, it's not your mama's superhero movie, but it yeah. kind of really is your mama's superhero movie. And really, like in tone, in tone, it's nothing like this movie I'm going to mention, but in a lot of ways, it is kind of that way. It's a lot like Iron Man was, 
where at the very end of the movie, they shove in a bunch of stuff that, oh, wait a second, we can build on this at some yeah. point if we want to. <laughs> Part two coming soon. Yeah. And then that's when it kind of gives itself away that mm-hmm. it's not committed. It's not, the film is not committed to Joaquin Phoenix's performance as it should be, right? Like normally you think that an actor should be committed to the film, whereas yeah. this film should have bowed down to him and they should have like edited the whole thing only around him and let go of a lot of other type of things and delved more into his story. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it was, a, even though a lot of it was, it's still a long fucking movie, but he was yeah. magnificent. I cannot take anything away and from his performance. I think, I think some of that stuff at the end too is it, pr- it probably would have made for a better overall movie, but if taking that stuff out, I don't think it would have made a billion dollars worldwide. And I'm guessing, I mean, yeah. that's because you I know a those lot of my fr- yeah, a lot of my friends that love, absolutely love this movie. That's the stuff they love. They love, they love the fact that it, it brought the DC universe into it at the end. And that's the, and I don't think, I think they would have hated it if that hadn't been there. I hate that shit. Yeah. It's, I mean, actually, I still, I still enjoyed the movie, but I, I don't, I don't enjoy it as some people. I'm more than you, I think, but yeah, it's, it's his, without his performance, I, I wouldn't have cared one bit. Yeah. No, I mean, I, enjoy, I mean, when I say I hate that shit is like, I, on the fan service, I guess people call it, I guess what it, world yeah. building. I yep. want, to be in the world I'm in. I don't want the promise of a larger world. That's not like, give it to me now, right? Like be here now, (laughs) be with me, Marvel movie. (laughs) That's why I like, I like Logan because it was Mm -hmm. an ending. Yeah. You know, and I wish this was an ending. I wish, I mean, I don't want to, you know, spoil the movie or anything, but I wish it had like, I wish he just freaking got his head blown off in the end of it. You know, like that would have been a great ending. Um, it would have been pretty amazing, but it does, it kind of goes in a different direction where you could see him popping up in the next movie when uh, Robert Pattinson is Batman. Yeah, who I love. I love. I think that's a great casting, by the way. Well, that that the whole cast of that whole Batman movie that's filming right now is impressive. Weird, yeah, it's weird. Um, all right, let's move on to lead actress, and I have not. I've only seen one of these movies. I think you've seen. <laughs> The same. The same. Yeah, that's right. Um, Cynthia Erivo, Harriet. Erivo. Erivo, sorry. Yep. Harriet. Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story. Sorcy Ronan, Little Women. Charlize Theron, Bombshell. Renee Zellweger, Judy. Renee is the front runner here. And, uh, you know, we've talked about marriage story. As I said, the first 40 minutes, really she's Scarlett Johansson is a great actress. Um, I, I think that she has the whole sexy thing about her has been way. I feel like it's been like pushed on her because she's always been, I mean, you know, going back to like, uh, what's, what's the, uh, ghost, uh, ghost world, ghost world, right? You know, like she is just a great actress, yep. And that's why I think she's terrible in the Marvel movies. I honestly, I don't know about this movie coming up that she has. I'm yeah. hoping it look. I'm hoping it's funnier. It goes on that route and it's a little lighthearted or something. 
because also starring Florence Pugh is one of the co-stars of that. That's the only. I mean, it's got she's got a great cast. Harbors the funny yeah. dad, you know. Rachel Vice is in it too, right? Isn't that who yeah, it is? I think so. Yeah, yeah. The previews that really haven't excited me too much for that no, one either. It looks stupid, but then again, you never know, you know. And that's a great cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was fantastic in Marriage Story. They really let her go, and especially, I think it's about twenty or so minutes in when she first meets Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. That scene is amazing. Um. Great and Sorcy Ronan, I love her. She's she's great in everything, and she should have won last. Did she win last year? No, she is. Uh, what did my have in mind? A little other side notes here. This is her fourth time being nominated, but never has never won. Oh yeah, well she should win. She's great. And Little Women, we we will we'll do director last, but that is kind of the big snub here. Um, but uh, I think that. Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli says she doesn't even want to watch the movie, but that's Liza for you. Yeah. Um, uh, and w- <laughs> when in doubt too, always pick the, uh, always pick the, um, the biopic. To yes. Win the acting award. Of course. And everyone loves Judy Garland and people the, uh, are alike in Renee Zellweger. She's back. There was a couple other interesting notes I found here too. Uh, Cynthia Revo is also nominated for best song. And she could become an EGOT winner if she wins one of the Oscars on Sunday. Well, she is a fantastic actress. Yeah, I'm, I'm, she's, I'm loving her in The Outsider right now. She is fantastic in that. And we have seen her in many, many films and TV shows. You know, she has been around for a while. Yep. And I love it when a re- – that's why I'm, I was happy about this nomination. You know, I heard that this film was not that great. Yeah, I've heard um, the same. You know, that she's the best part of the film. and But good. I'm glad that she's nominated. It's always a good story when an actor, an actorly person, you know, yeah. is nominated yeah. from that has done theater and film and TV. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody that's not a, that. That, not, a, not a star, but like an actual actor. Yes. Not that stars aren't actors, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, conversely, we're talking about all the dudes that were nominated for Best Actor and the long careers. I like to see younger people. There's a lot of young women here. And I guess Adam Driver, I mean, that's good. Joaquin, we think he's young, but he's he's like in his 50s, right? Yeah, he's, he's older than Leo, I think. So I think it's cool to see some young people being nominated. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't know how old Cynthia Arrivo is. I would guess in her thirties, early thirties, maybe that I'm that'd just be my guess. guess. I don't know either, but it seems like she's been, I remember seeing her and stuff for a while. Yeah. Um, so that's cool, man. And, uh, Charlize Theron for bombshell. I don't know. I mean, my wife saw this movie. My mom saw it too. Uh, I didn't see it, but people have told me it was good, but it was like an HBO movie. Yeah. I mean, and she's always good. I'm sure she's good in it. That's, I don't, I, there's not a lot of things I've seen. Her is in she, besides- is she great? I don't know. You know what? You've got to convince me of this because I have to say, I have to admit something to you. I have, she has been, there are some movies I've saw her in. I think she's great, but other times she mails it in. I don't know. I think some of it has to do with either the projects that she picks or the directors or something she's working with. 
because the, the, my two best examples where I think she's great and there, you can't think of anything more different is I love her in Fury Road. And I also love her mm-hmm. when she did a guest spot on Arrested Development in the first or second season. <laughs> and she that. is absolutely <laughs> hilarious in that. Yes, she was definitely and on. You're right. So you know, you're right. She's got this range that I, I, I forget how the range she has. I think she, and I don't, I've, uh, she, I, I loved her in another movie. What was it? It was based in Minnesota. Uh, what the heck was it? Woody Harrelson was in it. Uh, North Country. Did you ever see that? I mean, yes. She's good in that. She's so I think. I mean, she's got a lot of bad movies she's in, but I don't know if she just has some bad choices or what. I th- I think she is a good actress. She just she works a lot. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. No, I mean, I do think that. Yeah, I I'm I think that she is, and a I lo- very I, good. She's, uh, oh, go ahead. When she's hosted SNL, she's also been really good. So it's she's I, very talented. I just think sometimes she mails it in. And you might be right. You might be right. You know, but then again, hey, so does Pacino. And so, you know what I mean? Like, so does De Niro. Maybe that's the, that's the way to look at them. When they're, when it's one of it's most actors aren't like Leo where they only pick things that they really think are going to be good. Some people, when they're in, when they're good, they're good. But when they're not good, they're bad. And also, I guess it's all, it's, it's that they work a lot, you know, like, like DiCaprio does like one movie every two years or something, you know, like he doesn't. Well, I think this was his first movie since The Revenant. There you go. And that was three, four years ago now. And that was an amazing fucking movie. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was an experience, man. But hey, and if Zellweger wins this, Mm -hmm. I say good for her, you know, she, she has had a long career. You have ups and downs and yeah. yeah, And it's like a Judy Garland kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like forgotten or people thought that she wasn't as talented or as good looking, you know, and then she kind of, kind of takes it all. So I like that. But then, you know, um, it's nice to see when you look at these films too, that the films that are, that these women are nominated for are about women as well. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's interest that's an interesting thing to look at. Yeah. When you I guess I never at looked at it that, that way, but yeah, you're definitely right. Yeah. They're not they're not there to support the guy or something. It's yeah. about it's a movie about women. <laughs> and so I think that that kind of adds a little bit of an oomph to the category. Mm-hmm. Um all right, let's talk about we're going to do director last. Best picture, Ford versus Ferrari, neither of us saw it. The Irishman, we both saw it. Jojo, we didn't see it. Joker, we saw it. Little Women, we didn't see it. Marriage Story, we saw it. 1917, we haven't talked about that movie a lot. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. Um, I guess the favorite is, and also for best, what is it, uh, original screenplay and director, now is where we start talking about 1917, which neither of mm-hmm. us have seen. But no, I have seen. Oh, you did see it. I'm sorry. Yes. It's Solo that didn't see it. See, we. Yes. Um. So talk about 1917, Andy. Well, this it's the only. Let me look over the list here again. Yeah, it's the only movie of the best pictures that I actually did see in a theater. <laughs> I. Uh, I, ha- I actually saw it yesterday. I happened to be somewhere, and I had the afternoon off. I had to be somewhere where there was a matinee playing, and I thought, huh, I'm doing this podcast tomorrow. Yes. Let's go. Check. It was a good excuse to go see it. <laughs> I was the uh, theater was probably half full, and I was the youngest person in the theater by about 20 years, which was a 
always an odd experience, but it was fun. I mean, everybody in the theater, I think, enjoyed it. Did you get a lot um, of whispering like, what did he say, Harriet? No, because this movie is loud. Okay. If, if, you can't, if you can't hear things going on, you got some serious problems. Oh, that's true, man. Oh, right. This is trench warfare. Yeah. The, uh, I, I wrote a few notes because it was kind of all jumbled in my head for a while. It's technically it is amazing. I mean, it's one of the best war movies filmed, just the action and the sound and the, in the intensity, all that stuff. It's, kind of part of Saving Private Ryan Dunkirk kind of thing, but also does the Children of Men thing with the super extended takes. I mean, like they've gimmicked it and said it's one take, it's not one take. You can tell where the breaks are and all that stuff. The the thing I will say the most about it, and this is going to sound bad, but it is not bad. This is not bad, but it's it feels a lot like if you watch somebody playing a video game mm. where there's, it, there's a series of missions, and then there's like cut scenes in the middle where and it, they usually cut to somebody that's a famous british actor for three or four minutes which actually kind of took me out of the movie a little bit it's kind of like in saving private ryan where there's like you see ted dancing for one scene and you see paul giamatti for one and dennis freena and all these guys and then they go back to the, the their next stage of the mission it's very similar to that where it's it's like watching call of duty or one of those kind of things a lot of times because there's a lot of stuff where it's over the shoulder camera kind of thing or you see the lead characters back of their head while they're running through a trench or while they're doing whatever it is, but it is so well made. It's, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Technically it's amazing. I don't know how, I don't know how it'll play when it gets to a smaller screen. And cause I mean, I was, I had to sit like in the third or fourth row. So I mean, I was just enveloped in this thing and it was, it's very, very good. I don't think it's the best movie of the year, but it is very good. I mean, it's, and it's a war movie. You, if that, if that makes sense. The directing is awesome. The cinematography, all that stuff. The music is really good. The score is really, really good. It's I can't say anything really negative about it, but it's it's I didn't have a I don't know, it didn't it didn't grab me the way a lot of these other movies did this year. Okay. I could see that. And this is something that I've heard is that some people felt as though they traded this kind of technical wizardry for a depth of uh, immediacy in the characters. Mm -hmm. Like the characters serve the plot and the technical wizardry rather than the other way around. And yeah, I mean, the the acting is still really good, but a lot of the time it's like like the uh, hard hard to explain. It's because you care about the characters because you obviously understand the situation they're in. But they don't give you a lot of. The characters are pretty thin. Yeah, it's 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 guy it's a guy trying to trying to get a message to his brother, and all you know is that they're brothers. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. I mean, you don't. It's so it's it's hard to get. It's hard to really get pulled into it because of that. I thought that was at least my impression, and I and I'm I'm coming off like it's way too I'm way too hard on this year because it's it's still a very good movie. That is really, I think. Um... I mean, I, I was just going to say, this is probably the movie I want to see the most that I haven't seen of this list. But then I think Parasite and Ford versus Ferrari, I really want it. This is a good list. I really want to see 1917. I, I think you're coming across correctly. Um, and I think that what you're saying is some sentiments that I've heard as well. 
And it's also exper- experiential. Like I remember seeing Saving Private Ryan in the theater and just hearing the bullets whiz by yeah. and just and being like, whoa, you know? Um, it's it's very compar- – in a lot of ways, it's very comparable to that. And I mean there is – there's a lot of – I think the less the less previews and things you watch for this actually is the better. Yeah. Especially with the with how, how this movie works is there's a lot of time spent in the trenches and a lot of time like coming up over the over the top of the trench and you in a lot of scenes you literally have no idea what's coming next. Which does Ooh. there is some that so there's a lot of that and there's a, the tension is amazing. So I mean it's it's a very it just it just doesn't grab you the way some of these other ones do emotionally. It's it's a very visceral experience. It's yeah, Private Ryan is a very good, a very good. It's it's like a version of Saving Private Ryan, but with more of the continuous takes. And that's and you know what? That's why I like having a movie like that on a list like this. You know, because yeah, I, it totally should be on there. I yeah. it, it definitely should be a nominee. I, I and that's totally why different experiences like an Endgame or Midsummer or The yeah. Lighthouse or some other film. That's why I like the different kind of experiences um yeah. that can yeah, be represented be by the, film yeah. yeah yeah i don't want it to be 10 of the same kind of movie i yeah. like to have different a little i'd rather have the best of each genre or each type of movie there is yeah. instead of 10 different versions of whatever yeah <laughs> so i guess you know odds on are for 1917 to win but out of all of these movies i really can't think of a film i mean besides I kind of don't, I mean, I've seen Joker and I see why it's on this list. And I think it mainly is for Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, there was the direction I think was able, the cinematography was very well done. Again, I really compliment the set design and production design of Joker, but like Little Women, Marriage Story, once upon a time in Hollywood, I love that movie. I, I'll be happy if that wins. I can't really say that I would be upset. And Ford versus Ferrari, I just know I'm gonna love this movie. As soon as I heard that they were making this, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna love this movie because it's yeah. got Matt Damon. It's about racing, uh, and it's got Batman too. And so you know, I'm ready to go. Let's yep. do it. I also, I, I tend to mail. like James Mangold directed that. I tend to like his yeah. movies a lot too. Yep. So yeah, that's that's one I definitely wish I could have seen before this. The other the other movie that we haven't talked a lot about yet because you obviously haven't seen it is Parasite. And I think of the movies that are on here, if I, I want Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to win, but if if Parasite wins, I would not be sad about that at all. And it's the. Ex- it's a movie. It's very aptly titled because the movie is like a parasite. Where after you see it, it like it just hangs with you. I have not been able to stop thinking about this movie since I saw it. I remember right after I saw it, I think I messaged you or emailed you or something and said, "I hope you guys talk about I hope talk about Parasite at some point, or I hope you can see it because in the, in the time since then, my admiration for this movie has gone up. And it's like Joker set design and that stuff was awesome. Parasite is even better, and that respect the actual filmmaking it's not just about the class warfare thing that people the people that i mean that's basically what it is about but it's i've never seen it seen like the ultra poor trashed with the ultra rich so much and it's so the way it is made the acting is all 
I've never seen any of these actors before. It's a shame that none of them got nominated for anything. I'm guessing it's because most people don't know their names because they're mm, yeah they're all Korean actors and nobody knows. But the, I mean, the cast won for the SAG for best cast, and there's a reason why. The cast is amazing. It's what I said before about 1917, like where you come out of a trench and you don't know what to expect. Parasite is that almost every single scene. You do not know what to expect. You have no idea where things are going. I mean, you know, can predict some things, but there's one surprise after another. The script is awesome. The direction is awesome. I've never, I, this is the first time I've seen a Bong Joon-ho movie and I'm going back and I'm going to check out every movie he's ever made. Cause this movie is, it is fantastic. You say, I hope I don't, I don't want to say too much because there's too much to spoil and it does have it does have subtitles, but that within the and I'm always hit or miss on subtitled movies, but within this one, within the first three or four minutes, I was completely sucked into this thing, and I did you know I didn't even notice the subtitles, and it was just a fantastic movie. I, I still hope Once Upon a Time wins, but I would be very happy if Parasite won too. That is awesome. I so want to see this movie. Yeah, I've been a fan. I've, I have not seen, I mean, he's made a good amount of films. Um, mm-hmm. I think most people, I think most Americans probably know Snowpiercer. Yeah, I, I have, I actually have that Blu-ray. I got it for like a four, three or $4 on black Friday, a few years ago. And it's been sitting on my shelf for three or four years and I have never watched it. So that is after the Oscar binge is over, I am going to, I am going to watch Snowpiercer. Yeah, it's, it's great. Parasite just it blew me away, and it like I said, I wasn't real enamored with it at first, but I just couldn't. It like it, it has sunken into my brain, and I cannot can't shake some of the stuff from that movie. It's so good. So, I can't so shake good. it. Yeah, I cannot shake it. I can't get rid of the parasite. Well, yeah, he has a way of mixing kind of genre and ideas, and uh, I mean, I, I think. Yeah, Snowpiercer is accessible. Um, I think that the um, Okja that he did for Netflix. Oh yeah, I never watched um, that either. I forgot. He people did that. have probably seen The Host. Yeah. Um, Memories of Murder, Mother. So a and lot of great films. And part of it too, like the this is another one where the he builds the tension so so amazing. There's there's scenes where I was like gripping my shoulder rests on my chair because i was like what how how are they going to get out of this or how is what's going to happen or how is this person going to it's man it's yeah i say it's best to not know anything about i wouldn't even watch i didn't watch a trailer or anything before i saw this movie so i I went in as blind as you can go in nowadays and it's yeah i was it's it's fantastic highly 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 recommend it awesome so we'll see 1917 is the favorite but um, I also – I don't know. I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is gaining a little steam. I mean it will be great to see Marty win, The Irishman, uh, Ford versus Ferrari. This is just – it's a good list. I think it's a yeah. good list of films. They're all good movies. But then again, I would have liked to seen some of the crazier stuff in there. And when we get to director, we've talked a lot about these films. Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips, Joker, Sam Mendes, 1917, Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Bong Joon-ho, Parasite. And I, I want to say for Mendes – you know, he was getting, he got sucked into the James Bond world and, mm-hmm. um, no, nothing wrong with that, but it's gr- This is again, why, you know, you do these big movies. He did, he did make one of the best Bond movies of all time in, in Skyfall. So 
I'm a big. I know you're not a huge Bond guy, but I don't no, those movies Bond are guy. fun. Yeah, I'm not a huge. I'm not it's, really like into the lore of James Bond or whatever. But I think the I just second Bond movie was not so much. Yeah, I just think it's awesome. good when you get you know you get kind of sucked into these big movies. You don't get to make a personal film, something different. And then you have something that turns out like this, 1917, which grabs so many people and, uh, and gets a lot of attention. It's cool. The thing about him that really surprised me too, was because when I was looking back at his career and th- 1917 couldn't be more different than the movie he won his first Oscar for American beauty, which was now also 20 years ago. If you can believe that. Yeah. Wow. And if you would, if, if you would just put both those movies next to somebody that never seen them and said, it's the same guy that made this, you would not believe it because yeah. it's so the guy has definitely become a much, I mean, a much different and I think better director since then. I still like, I remember liking American beauty when I saw it, but yeah, he's, he's good. I mean, I kind of want Quentin to win too, cause he's never won best director, but it's, and he's one of my all time favorite directors, maybe my favorite. So yeah, man, I would love to see him win too. And he'll get up there and give some weird speech and talk about yeah. like dirty women's feet and stuff like that, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and snoring women or you know some other yeah. kink that he loves. He's such uh-huh. a weird. All these guys. I mean, Todd Phillips. What a weird career that guy has had, you know. Yeah, and he's no always kind of had it in him to do something above the genres. So, um, you know, this is just a great list. Of course, Scorsese, the Irishman, it'd be great to see him win. You can't get mad at any of these dudes winning. No. But then again, you have to think that um, there is somebody missing here. And I think that little women, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's really, it's, it's a sad thing because, I thought that Greta Gerwig would get nominated here and you have so many of, you know, you have the actresses nominated and I think it's nominated in adapted screenplay too. It is, Um, you know, mix it up a little bit. You know, you have all these for best picture, you know, getting, maybe get somebody else in there, but yeah, I wish, I wish I could have seen, I wish I could have seen little woman. That's it's one I really want to see because I don't know how, and I only I I remember really liking Lady Bird when I saw that. So it's yeah, it was supposed I, to be a really fantastically directed. Yeah. So you so, have and you yeah. have an ensemble cast, and that's a part of directing too. It's not the just the visuals. It's getting getting like a whole kind of ensemble cast together, like you're saying for Parasite, and yeah. like we see in The Irishman. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and, and in, and in Mendez's situation there, you have the mix of the technical, you know, uh, as yeah. well as the dramatic. So yeah. it's an interesting list. Yeah, I would totally agree. Well, we had a couple, we've gone pretty long. There were a couple other categories, of course, adapted screenplay, original screenplay. That's where Knives Out did get nominated. That's good to see. Cinematography. Uh, I just wanted to throw in that, I mean, it would be pretty cool. There's just, this is a great list, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was so well shot. Oh my God. Robert Richardson deserves an Oscar. Give the man an Oscar. Deacons did 1917. And for production design, uh, I just wanted to shout out Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too, because that movie it just every single shot 
in the background, the foreground, everything is just meticulously put together. And you mentioned Parasite for production design. Yeah, that's. I, I really want to know what you what you think about that when you see it because it's the same kind of detail and it's the same kind of. I, I, I can't. I can't even describe it. I can't describe it as good as you. And you know that stuff way better than I do. So, it's yeah, it's both amazing. Well, all right, man. I think that's about it. And you know, I was looking at one thing. I what there was one snub I forgot to mention that I wish I would have, and it was kind of us going along on some of the predictable nominees. And I really wish Eddie Murphy would have been in there. Did you see Dolomite is my name? Yes, I did. He was great in that, that you're right. See that again, but a comedy, really kind of a comedy. Why wasn't it nominated for costumes? Oh, the costumes in that movie are phenomenal. So great. I loved that movie and no nominations anywhere. That was a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just not, that's what I mean. Like there's, you know, you want to see that a little bit of like lightness and air, you know, it is so serious and it is fun when the Oscars and when any type of these like big award shows, which are really just self-congratulatory jerk off sessions, don't take it seriously and they nominate like a comedy or something, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but you're right. Eddie Murphy would have been great. And, but you know what? Fuck it. He'll go out and he's going to do, he's starting to act more now and do more stand up. I think he's going to do stand. He was on Saturday night live. He should have gotten an Oscar for making Saturday night live funny for the first time in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and you know what? I'm, I'm not going to feel too bad for Eddie because he'll go home tonight and sleep on this giant pile of money somewhere. So he'll yeah. be just fine. He's Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have anything to worry about. He's doing okay. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> all right, Andy, this was fantastic, man. And I really, dude, you knocked it out again, bringing the research, helping out with the notes and the charts, the statistics. And this was just a wonderful time. I missed Solo, but it was great to have Ando. Well, if, we, if Solo would have been here, we would have went three hours. So I know, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, this was fun. This was a great show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the Oscars. I'll be watching the red carpet, having a few drinks, a few horsey dwarves, you know, just soaking it in. I always love these award shows, and I hope that this show is fun. They're going hostless again. Which I'm a fan of. Me too. I think it's much better that way. It keeps it moving and it, and then it makes it puts a little bit more pressure on the person who's on to do something. And I like I that. It, I think it also actually puts the focus back on the movies. Yeah. Not about some lame shooting food into the crowd or surprising oh, the movie theater God. across the street. So stupid. Or some, some stand up doing his. Yeah, we don't we don't need the stand up routine. We don't need that stuff. We do, I want I want this to be a celebration of the movies because that's what I'm here for. It's the movies. It's not for all the other sideshow stuff. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's celebrate the movies. That's what we've done today. We've celebrated the movies on DVR Podcast Network. Thanks everyone for downloading. Go to dvrpodcast.com. Leave us a review. And Andy, thank you very much for the time, pal. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm so happy that you've been doing more podcasting lately. You're becoming a professional motherfucking podcaster. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Peace. Peace.